0: Can just start recording. Okay. Hello, we're recording here where it's uh Tuesday,
1: January something. Good luck, Miguel. This is gonna be an interview. Should be the 23rd. Greetings, building science enthusiasts, and welcome back to the Building Science Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Humid Climate Conference. Back in 2015, the Austin chapter of Passive House Alliance US was thinking about how to get more attention to the Phius Plus 2015 standard in humid climates. And so the thought emerged, what have we put on a conference? I'm proud to tell you that this is an unmissable conference. It's a unique gathering of the best building science minds who are ready to talk seriously about Passive House and human climates. This event is entirely volunteer organized, supported by Passive House Institute US, and sponsored by some of the best product manufacturers and industry consultants in the country and it's sold out in its first try. But it's happening again this year, May 21st and 22nd, with a great speaker lineup. We're talking Joe Stebrook, Lou Harriman, Richard Corsi, Matthew Tanteri, and the list literally goes on and on and on. Find out more at humidclimateconference.org. Early bird tickets are limited and they're selling quickly, so don't miss out and be left wondering, register today. That's humidclimateconference.org for tickets. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to this. Uh, okay.
0: Uh, welcome yeah. to, the B- to the Building Science Podcast. Welcome to the Building Science Podcast. Welcome to the Building
1: Science Podcast. Bringing the human factor to architecture and design. Brought to you by Positive Energy in Austin, Texas.
0: Okay, hello. Welcome back to the Building Science Podcast. I'm Christoph Irwin. As you guys know, you've heard us talk a lot about homes being laggard technologies that we interact with every day. As a society, we prefer to think of our homes as visual, spatial, and economic situations rather than the biological impact they have on our lives. And... The broad social impact of conditioned spaces on our health and well-being, staying under the radar is actually a big problem, and I'm here today with two kindred spirits in this battle to uh, (laughs) help people wake up and understand the impact of their homes. I'm here today with Bill Hayward and Carl Grimes, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself. We'll start with Bill.
2: Hi, Bill Hayward, I'm CEO and founder of Hayward Score.
0: I'm Carl Grimes. I'm the Healthy Home Director of Hayward Score. Okay, those are very short. So we'll go back to you, Carl. What's your background? Why are you working with Hayward Score? Uh, You you don't have enough time on your program for that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It goes back. uh, I have two pathways of experience. One is that I experienced this myself 30-some years ago where I was sick to the point. uh, It was undefinable, undiagnosable stuff, but I just could not function, and it had to do with a number of things, uh, but primarily the house that I was in. And I went through a long uh, process of figuring it out. This was 30-some years ago. So, I mean, we don't know much now. We knew <laughs> even less then. Wow. So it was like the dark ages of the dark ages. So it took a long time. So there's like about two and a half years that I couldn't work at all. I had to close down my own business. I had my own business. I had to close it down let people go and that sort of thing. And then it was another 10 years before I could work full time. Wow. Incredible. So really poignant. Really. Important impact of indoor air quality on your life? Well, I was really lucky in that one of the many doctors, many diagnoses, many failures that I had, one of them uh, asked me to uh, go to the houses of some of his patients. Hmm. and Because he was familiar with it too, and he said, look, they're sick, they come in, I can stop the allergic reactions at least, then they go home and they react again. So something's going on in their home, why don't you go out and just see? And you don't have to do anything, but just report back to me. Well, I've never really been good at following directions. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and I talked to them. And I didn't know anything about it, but we could share stories. Mm -hmm. And I found that that's really one of the keys. Uh, What is your experience in the house? What's my experience with it? We can compare notes. And with that, over the years, I started seeing trends and patterns I wrote a book in 1999 called Starting Points for a Healthy Habitat. It's out of print right now, um, and that got me the, uh, that got the attention of the president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. She asked me to speak. Uh, one person in the audience asked me to serve on a committee that we wrote the first mold remediation standard in the country, the uh, IICRC S-520, mm-hmm. uh, which led to the S-500 water damage and then duct cleaning and then ANSI accredited standards, etc. I was asked to serve on the board of IAQA, I past, I'm a past president of that, I was president for two and a half years, which then led to uh, serving on the board of the International Society of Indoor Air Quality and Climate. So 20 years, 20 plus years in this industry. Yeah, and now with policy on ASHRAE, uh, I was on the committee that wrote the mold position document, Mm -hmm. and on the committee that's now writing the the building dampness Mm -hmm. uh, document, and I've served on a medical committee that wrote medical practice parameters. So the point is, I have the personal experience, and I have the industry professional experience, so I'm kind of the bridge between the two, mm-hmm. and that's hard to find. Yeah. So that's, I think, one of the one of the, the uh, interests and uh, advantages or powers of what I have is that I can see it from both sides of the looking glass.
0: Yeah, yeah. Empathy is a really powerful force in our society. Yes. You, you, I wouldn't wish it on you, but it's good that you have it. So, Bill, how did you end up where you are? With yeah, I have a really score?
2: different story than Carl. Oh, really? I spent... Um, I run a company called Hayward Lumber, which is a 100-year-old lumber and building material company in California. Oh my goodness. And we, we span from Malibu to San Francisco. So I've been around buildings all my life and builders all my life. We got into green building materials in 99 and, and high-performance building materials. And then fast forward in '08, my wife and I get sick in our house. And I'm shocked, right? We got really sick, tired, exhaustion, fatigue, oh, no. couldn't think clearly. Similar to Carl. Absolutely. I, I was at the point where I literally thought I was mentally handicapped, and I was coming to the conclusion I needed to sell my business to support my family because I just couldn't think clearly. And I oh, remember saying to myself, well, I am 40 now. Maybe I just can't work like I used to, <laughs> right? Because it's so insidious, it comes on so slowly. It even
0: affects your cognitive function, your ability to self-diagnose, wow.
2: It significantly affects cognitive function. We can now see that in brain scans that Dr. Amon's doing. I mean, there's a clear pattern in brain scans from mold exposure. We didn't know that then in 08, 09, right? Because still people were saying things like, it's in your head. Mm -hmm. Well, we moved out of the house uh, my wife had lost her ability to get pregnant from the experience, so we had significant impacts. And we started wow. to chase down how to get healthier. My wife's a doctor, two masters and a PhD in psychology. I come from building science and building materials. So we started telling our friends the story, and we found half of America told a story back. I'm sick in my house. I'm afraid. I had to move and realize, okay, half of is impacted by indoor air quality in their homes. Now, from a builder perspective, 80% of builder defect litigation is waterproofing. Yeah. And so I started to look at the waterproofing being done in my market, and two-thirds of it was done wrong. Okay, so we have a little problem. Builders are my people. We need to do something to take care of builders and homeowners, hence the journey to create Hayward Healthy Home. Along the way, I meet Carl, and we continue to say to ourselves, all right, People who have a lot of money can't afford to, to, to fix it. They're usually afraid. They don't know what path to take.
0: Yeah, it's intimidating.
2: It's intimidating. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Where do I
0: start? Yeah.
2: And people who can't afford it can do nothing. So we need to create a tool that's accessible to everybody. And we need to create a tool that demonstrates the health impacts in the home and provides, in essence, a health score for housing. So Hayward Scores' intent is to change the way we build and the way we live in buildings by creating a score like the J.D power safety score for cars right on right? at some point mothers said wait a minute I'm not going to drive my newborn children around in a minivan with a safety score of a 5 I'm not going to have a child in a house with a Hayward score of a 40 I need an 85 or better mm-hmm. right? And and the J.D. power score changed cars we hope that the Hayward score will change building and you, you made a comment a little bit about housing this morning so comparing cars to houses right if I do this right if houses were cars, we'd be driving around in nice-looking custom cars with <laughs> wood dashes and leather seats. The problem would be the leather seats were done with toxic dye. <laughs> well, at least one of the windows leaks. There's an exhaust leak in the cabin. We get 10 to 11 miles per gallon, and the safety score's not pretty. Right? Would we accept that? Oh, as, no. long as, well, as long as it
0: photographs well, maybe. <laughs>
2: it, it, is, it, it is so shocking to me when you come to understand that dear, homes dear. concentrate outdoor pollutants. Yeah. Right, five times higher. Where's the warning label? I've been in construction in buildings in my family for a hundred years. Nobody told me that. Yeah. It's shocking, and then it's more shocking that fresh air ventilation is actually an innovation in home building. Yeah. Like this is the 21st century. Yeah. How did that happen? So there's a lot of things we can do. And Hayward Score endeavors to show you the physical changes that can be done to the house and the attributes, like get rid of the crawl space. Also, the simple things. like Or take care of the crawl space. Or take care of mm-hmm. the crawl space. Treat it properly. Properly, yes. Add fresh air. Change the way you store chemicals. Get the chemicals out of the garage, which are coming back into the house, but nobody thinks about that. And mm-hmm. what do we put in our garage? All the mowers we don't want in our house. Paint. Right. Mm-hmm. We well, the cars car.
0: first of all yeah, the, with car, the, yeah. the fumes and the oil and so forth yeah, How many liters of exhaust
3: That yeah. come in after we park But what I was particularly struggle I hadn't heard your analogy like that before But I really like it because it, it brings up another point We think about these kinds of things With beyond appearance The way we want to look at performance And yeah. safety of other things Like cars, bicycles You know, children's toys uh, The buildings that we go to except for our own home. yeah. There's some sort of obstacle there that we never think about our own home and its effect on us. Not just that it can make us sick or make us feel worse, but imagine if you had a home that could make you feel better, that could actually oh, yeah. regenerate health. So that's part of the goal of SCORE also. It's not just to identify and get people engaged so they can learn and to improve it, to remove uh, difficulties but to actually go beyond that to where it can actually help them regenerate. And, you know, Bill is the one, and his wife came up with that term and that uh, concept. But that's what happened with me once I figured out what was going on, and I learned what to avoid, what to manage, Mm -hmm. and then the good things that I could do to improve my life. So I went from basically disabled where I couldn't work for full time at least for ten years and at all for two and a half to I'm a very high functioning person with lots of travel but and presentations
0: and committees and so forth. But I know how to take care of myself now. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we're at the IAQA conference right now and I just saw your session. The the data that you're mining from these reports is profoundly important. And that was a dimension of this I hadn't considered the report also obviously creates an action plan and uh, helps people get through the daunting task of oh my gosh it's a too much to think about um, how many homes have been surveyed through your score right now
2: yeah, we've just crossed 9500 homes that have 9, completed their survey they come in from little that's a small of chunk
0: country. of the 130 million <laughs> yeah they come in from all across the country. I wanted to know that was the geographic
2: uh, the geographic distribution follows the population of America, and it also concentrates a little bit in what we call moldy metros, oh, right along the seaboard, around the Great Lakes. Uh, you'll see a little bit more, and of course, Texas and uh, Florida have had a lot; their fair share of floods, so we've yeah. seen more concentration in those states. Yes, yeah, so what's it,
3: interesting in Florida, the map of Florida yeah, is yes pretty much solid because of the hurricanes that have gone through and so forth, and the interest there. And then down toward the tip, there's this little. Irregularly shaped space where there's, there's no uh, data coming in. That's like Okeechobee. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> okay, so it's a good we, we got accurate
0: locations of where the people are. And do, do they find you?
2: Do you push? I mean, how do you get word out about this important tool? So, as we initially launched, we use, use Google mostly, so we buy AdWords yeah. and advertise around the country. Um, the next step will then to get people to start um, promoting it in the asthma societies and the, uh, the mommy blogs. Because once people see it, they want to share it with a friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so those of you listening, if you if you do happen to live indoors, I encourage you to go to the website. Oh, could you tell them the website?
2: Yeah, it's haywardscore.com, and that's haywardscore is
0: one word, and that's h a y w a r d. Yes. Uh-huh, score. Okay. Yeah. Haywardscore.com. There's a lot of building science on your on your. It's not really a questionnaire, is it? It's a short survey. I mean, it took me less than ten minutes to do it. Where do you get that expertise? Are you reaching out to, to the community? Is it sourced in YouTube I mean, we've...
2: so we built a team to to put this together. I've trained in Woofie. I understand building oh, science. Oh, fantastic! Carl has thirty-five years of experience. Uh, we used some Woofie initially to develop some of the risk indexes, but Woofy it can it does some wonderful things if you manage it enough. Yeah. It needs we, a lot of careful inputs. And, and changing the files and modifications, and it took us months to get it to right. perform like field experience, but we could. Wolfie well, only gives you a small part of the tool, so we literally had to write a set of algorithms that understand the house as a system, mm-hmm. which includes occupant behavior, outdoor chemicals, indoor chemicals, and the microbiome. Right? We, we built the knowledge that we had of all of these areas into uh, the algorithms that back Hayward score.
3: Very cool. And a, with the focus and the intent of people. So yes. not only yeah. is the house as a system which most people don't stop to think about how one part of the house interacts and affects the other, but part of that system is people and that's fundamental. If there's no people in the house, who cares?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay? So the whole purpose of this is people and we start with people and we end with people and which most most Efforts don't do, and a lot of the research, and I've I've talked to researchers nationally and internationally, and I say, when you you look at uh, uh, building science and uh, architecture and so forth and building houses, uh, you do a study, what's the first thing you do? You remove all the anecdotal stuff, Mm -hmm. which means you remove people from the study. So what relevance does that study
0: have to real people living in that house? Yeah, here, here, yeah. So we, we don't use language correctly sometimes in our society. Like there's this term, sick building syndrome, right? The buildings aren't sick, right? The people right. are sick, right? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your wife had a degree in psychology. Yes. And that seems to tie in here. And I, I really deeply have wondered whether uh, whether the average let's say there's just say there is an average person thinking about the relationship between health in their home, whether it is that they really don't know, that they're really unaware that there's an impact, and they just assume that their body's getting sick because of their food or something else, or they kind of know, but they don't want to admit it because they're intimidated, right? And, and it's a very psychological
2: dimension here. So there's, have there's two parts to that, right? People who know us will say, I'm too afraid to get my score. Interesting. Or, I, I don't, got my a score, bad score intimidates. I'm afraid to look at it. Uh, And a lot of people will be, I got it, I can figure it out, I'm good. And what what they'll say is, I'm just afraid, I'm afraid I've let down my family, I'm afraid I moved us into this place, and they're almost always sick. Once they see the video that my wife did about the medical and psychological effects, then they'll say things to me like, I've watched that five times, that's my life. And so Carl taught me this.
0: I haven't seen this video, this is on the... It's on the site,
2: yeah. When you're in a house, and there are three people in the house sick, typically everybody manifests different symptoms so it's not easy to say yeah it's the house and we all have the same symptoms we're all sick but different symptoms so then a husband and wife have different reactions i was more psychological my wife was more congested so in some situations i'd react to the carpet or i'd react to her favorite something right the house is moldy and she would like, oh come on stop please i don't want to hear it anymore we would stop validating one another and then that would lead to strife in the couple so when we tell a couple that, like, well, I bet you, you guys are having strife, like, you have know, different experiences. Wow. Like, yes, oh my gosh, how did you know? So a lot of what Hayward Score and the work my wife does with Carl's experience is to help validate the experience so people don't react to what their doctor told, oh, it's in your head. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Right? No, it is real. So what we say at Hayward Score is your senses are science. Trust your senses. Trust your senses. And that's what makes Hayward Score different. We are receptor based, in other words, the human knows, the human experience. We rely on the human experience because it turns out to be much more accurate than even a half a million dollar piece of instrumentation that you take in the house. What is different though is people have an experience of their house, they don't know how to calibrate it. So it took us two years to build the algorithms and the tools because we had to figure out how to calibrate human experience into an accurate tool.
3: The, there's, a, there's a subtlety in here that's important for your listeners to understand, too, is we, you have to trust your experience that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. But you can't always trust your idea or imagination or fear of the reason why. And one thing that happens a lot now, in the, especially the last three, four years over Internet, Facebook groups, and so forth, is mold. If I feel, feel well in my house, it's, it's mold. Because that's what everybody tells me. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. But that, my experience is that when, when people think it's mold, about 50-60% oh, of the time, yeah, mold is involved. The rest of the time, it's something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So it's misattributed. Yeah, Mold is like the poster child for a constellation right. of factors. And the other key with that is that when it is mold, about 70% of the time, it's mold and something else. So if you just do one thing, when there's two things happening, you're not going to solve the problems. But the important factor is still, if you aren't feeling well in the house, that you need to attend to that, but you need our science, like Bill just said, to help figure out what it is and then what specifically to do about it. That's the opposite of what most investigators do. They come in and they say okay, I don't see formaldehyde here, I don't see a particle count, I don't see benzene, I don't see a carcinogen, so you'll okay. There's no justification for your being sick.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm sick, I had to feel better when I leave the house. I don't care what your instruments say. <laughs> that part right there is what you have to start believing and finding the validation for your, for your personal experience. Then you need the science that we can help provide uh, to figure out
0: why and what to do. Mm-hmm. And we're happy as a society, I think, to medicate the symptoms and send people home to this source. Oh, it happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. It's tragic.
2: So I've got a, um, on our website is this uh, tree that shows the various symptoms that people experience. And the reason doctors get confused is it's never one symptom. It's always three or more. It's a cluster of symptoms. Interesting. Right? And different symptoms for different family members. But back to what Carl was saying, I think of the, Lindy's house. Mm-hmm. Right? Lindy was a friend, has a child, moves the child into the bedroom. She's been having migraines. The child starts to have migraines. She's going to the doctor. They're doing blood tests. She's really concerned. Mm-hmm. And we know her, and she's afraid to talk to us. Oh. Finally, she calls me one day, Bill, I, we have to talk. I have a mold problem. We go to her house. And yeah, there's a little mold in the bathroom, like not enough to even talk about. We walk around the house, we go under the bedroom, and under the bedroom, from the time she bought the house a year and a half ago, was a little planter room, and it was full of 20 years of orthochemicals, oh directly God. under her bedroom with the forced air going through it, right? And we, I think we found the problem. She was convinced it was mold. It was a significant chemical problem. We removed the chemicals, problem went away. She also had a dead rat in the crawl space. Yeah, she did.
0: <laughs> and is a forced air that was in the crawl space? Health issue? It, yeah, crawl spaces can be. Yeah, oh, but, I know. I know oh, I'm specifically a, a, oh. a dead mammal body. Is that emitting? Okay. Well, it depends how
3: fresh it is. After a while, it that doesn't make that much sense. But this was right <laughs> near the forced air system. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, I know it would make an odor issue. I just wonder if it would make a health issue.
3: Yeah, it, it, it I can. It would, I bet
0: it would. Look, it, would you. Would you put your child in a
3: bedroom that had a dead rat in it? No. I don't care if it's a health issue or not. You don't want a dead
0: That's rat where you live. That's extremely nasty. <laughs> That's right. So what's your aspiration? What's your intention
2: with this Hayward score? Absolutely. We want to change health in America by changing how homes impact human health. Fantastic. Genuinely speaking, in America, homes are health degrading. The mm-hmm. average Hayward mm-hmm. score is about a 54. 85 or better, we think of as health enhancing. But if you compare our construction to first world European construction, American construction is health degrading. And it's not, nobody designed it to be that way. Nobody intended builders are good people. It's just an unintended consequence of the number of cavities and spaces that we build into houses that can become damp and wet Mm -hmm. and dark. Mm -hmm. If you're getting the air you breathe through the dark, wet cavities, that doesn't sound good, does it? No. No. It's not. Yeah. There's a better way to do it. And it's not a big change. It's not a giant change. Most builders want it, right? Because at the end of the day, a builder wants to build a good house. The client may say, oh, we don't, no, don't, don't spend money on that tape around the windows. Don't spend money on that. Then the builder gets sued. The builder would rather build a healthy house because he's much less likely to get sued. His client's happy. They're not unhealthy. It's a win-win, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then the builder has to go through what I call the brain damage of figuring out how to do it right yeah, the first time, because yeah, yeah. I've done it this way for 30 there years. There you go. I know you've done it this Not way Not just for brain years. damage, but
0: there's a sense of humility and yeah. willingness to accept I might have been doing it mm-hmm. improperly.
2: Well, and builders, their reputation's on the line. If they change something, and try something new, that's challenging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yet, builders are creators, right? Really they do want to change they do want to do the right thing they just need the guidance and so we hope that hayward score creates that consumer demand that where the builder or the consumer's come to the builder and say i get what a healthy house is i want one Boom. i would like you to mm-hmm. do it this way for me yeah. i'm willing to trade countertops and granite for airtightness nobody's ever asked for airtightness before and the customer won't ask for airtightness they'll say i like that house it's peacefully quiet inside and I knew, live near an agriculture area, and my friend has one, and there's no dust and dirt inside. Like the du- it's not always filling up with dust from the fields. I kind of like that, can I have a house that does that?
0: Yeah, yeah I love it, that, that's like an angels sing kind of moment for me to think of someone, a consumer asking for the functional aspects of a home instead of the movie set that we have, right? So the, part of it too is that I've, I've done
3: presentations over the years, and one of my favorite themes is the, the persistence of unhealthy homes. And I've really struggled with what, are, what is the reason. Well, yeah. it's actually many reasons. And one of them, going back to what you just said, Bill, about builders, they would like to know, but it's consumer-driven. And the reason it's consumer-driven is because it's not public health-driven because houses aren't killing people, you know, like car accidents, <laughs> for example, or an infectious disease. It's not killing you, but actually they are in a sense. It's just not immediate. They aren't collapsing on you. They aren't burning down that often. We have codes to help prevent against that, but it's the slow, chronic, insidious kinds of things that just impact you slowly over time. So when Bill mentioned that he was at his 40s and was thinking, well, I'm getting old or something's happening, I just can't function as well. I've had a lot of clients over my 30 years of doing this in their late 40s to mid 50s, they're talking about a nursing home Wow! because they, they, that's how they feel. Now that's not diagnosable, there's nothing that the doctor can find, but that's how they feel and that's how they'll experience in life. They leave the house or they make some adjustments to the house and they can be functioning. I had an airline pilot, actually he was a retired general, or I think it was a general in the Air Force. He could manage a whole airbase. He was in charge of the whole air base. A year after he retired, he said he had trouble balancing his checkbook. Oh, my goodness. We fixed some things in his house, and he's now flying again, working for a major airline. So it can be that dramatic, but we don't realize it because the drama isn't in the instantaneous action or reaction or the harm. Mm -hmm. It's slow and insidious, and it also affects mood. It's like, I just... I just don't have the drive anymore. Yeah. I would like to do something, but I just can't do it. Yeah. So those are kind of some of the clues for people uh, uh, to be
0: aware of. Yeah, it's slow. There's, a, there's that metaphor of, a, like, I think it's a frog in a water, and you can increase the temperature of the water, and gradually enough the frog will never
3: Right, if you throw by... him in the hot That's water, he jumps out. But if you slowly heat it, he adapts. Yeah. He's dead, but he's <laughs> adapted.
2: So really, the cost of unhealthy homes, yeah. certainly disease and there's, there's chronic issues right but it's also uh, earlier death children sick twice as much so parents are staying home from school they're paying for daycare uh, quality of life I don't feel myself I don't have my energy yeah, that's I lost huge. two years of my life Carl lost four we see lots of people like, students leave universities because two there's so years. much mold in their dorms right so they change um, kids come home from school they don't feel good uh, people move into new buildings, they don't test as well, they don't do as well in their job, they're anxious as a relationship. We have some theories around um, the divorce rate in homes that have had a high damp and wetness impact. Wow. We, we,
0: hey, that wasn't the question on your uh, No, but it,
2: no. as we get a bigger and bigger population, we can go back and send out a, an email to a, a group of people and saying, hey, we're trying to study this so we can learn more about it, would you answer that set of questions? Interesting. So we have the opportunity to learn many more things as we get to 100,000 scores. Mm-hmm. And you would ask, really, what's our goal? Yes. Half the homes in America. We want Hayward score to be a household name so that everybody has the opportunity to live in a healthy home.
0: Awesome. So that's 65 million or so. Yeah. One? So Carl, or maybe, maybe you, Bill, but um, when you mentioned the health impacts, Right, so we have a medical community, mm-hmm. lots of doctors in this in this country, well, in the world. Um, are they coming to your professional organization meetings? Are they are they made aware of the correlations between health and the conditions of a home? Do you, What do you think? The average doctor, or...
3: yeah, it's some are, and there's more now than before, and it's mostly the younger ones. It's just like everything else, the innovation comes from the, from the youth mm-hmm. because the older ones, they have an established practice. And I had, when my book first came out in 1999, uh, there was an allergist that really liked my book. And I sent him a copy and he went through and he critiqued it. And I said, That's great. So, how can, how can this help you with your practice? And he says, Oh, it won't. I've got a full practice, I don't have time to deal with anybody else. And it's like, and he was he was convinced that what was in the book was helpful, separate, separate and helpful. But there's also
0: a, a truth to that. Um, wait, wait, they, they, me, excuse me. Yeah, for one second, Carl. Yeah. let me understand. So he said, "I loved your book, but he didn't use that knowledge in his practice." Right. <laughs> okay. Just, right. Just making sure I had that clear. Yeah. Uh, another example is the
3: American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology uh, had a work group that I was on that wrote medical practice parameters. And it's one of the first ones that included a home assessment in some of those situations and it guided the doctor on, uh, it gave them questions and a form, a checklist if you will, to ask their patients. And if it hit a certain threshold, then a next set of questions, and if that hit a threshold, then recommend a home assessment. Fantastic. Most of them aren't aware of it. And I've, I've talked to them, obviously, and a lot of them think, well, I already know what goes on. I know what allergy is. I know what things are, and I don't need that. I don't even need to look at it. So there's that, that obstacle also. But as I say, there's newer, younger ones. The people in functional medicine, integrative medicine, are more open to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still this something about we just don't even think about inside. There were researchers in Australia that did microbiome outside, how it affects the microbiome of the person. And I asked them, so if that happens, then how is the microbiome of the person changed when they go indoors? Right. Silence. And they looked at me. And then they kind of looked at each other and they said, we never thought of that. (laughs) That's part of what goes on here is we never thought of that. Mm -hmm. And so part of our challenge. Uh, through SCORE is to get people engaged in something and interested and curious so that they can work through that barrier. And it's Instead of, I never thought of that, it's, oh, now I can think of that and I've got a pathway forward
2: rather than a fear. Mm-hmm. The medical uh, practice parameter questions are great and we need to get them out to all doctors. But if, if you take this situation that we see a lot, somebody will say to us, you know, I don't feel myself... I've done blood tests, I'm on my second round, the doctor doesn't know what it is, I'm tired all the time, and I just, I don't understand what's going on. I'm usually a little afraid. And I'll say something like, that's interesting, how long has that been going on? Oh, about six months. Have you had a recent water event? Yeah, six months ago, I had a huge roof leak and it came down the wall and they said they cleaned it. Wow. Right? Correlation. so if doctors simply asked if you had a recent water event, do you have a damp, wet basement or a damp, wet crawl space or old carpet, suddenly they would start to correlate frequent sinus infections with everybody who says that, Mm -hmm. has that answer. Oh, wow, now I'm starting to see it. The Mayo Clinic developed a study that said 90%, and maybe it's a little lower than that, of sinus infections are fungal. Well, how are sinus infections treated? Immediately with an antibiotic. And then you come back a week later and you've got it again, or somebody will say, yeah, I have had frequent sinus infections. In fact, I did a surgery, it still hasn't gone away. And Carl and I will ask them, Tell us about your house. I have a damp, wet crawl space. Okay, how about we fix the crawl space yeah. instead of doing the surgery? Yeah, and see what happens. It's it's uh, it, it
3: doesn't prevent you from doing anything else. And if it works, like Bill just said, it's cheaper than the surgery. And if it works, great. And in fact, this is one of the, the validation points. I do, I've done a lot of house assessments and remediation. I've written scopes of work and monitored the contractors and so forth and one of the one of the practices according to standards is called post remediation verification okay so for that we need to come in I need to come in look at the house again evaluate work practices is it clean no dust and perhaps do some sampling they never call me back if it works Hmm. they don't need it because they just self-validated they don't need that external
2: validation when something works Awesome. So if you think about doctors, they're busy doing their job too, right? This is new and they weren't trained in medical school on these issues. So Hayward score becomes this this free tool. So if if you think you're impacted, then you can take your Hayward score and you can bring it to the doctor and say, look, I've got a 40. Maybe we should consider the house, right? And maybe you should be able to think about that. And the doctor over time sees that a number of patients with the same pattern of illness are coming in with low Hayward scores. Now we start to connect with the medical community, and we help the medical community react to this as well.
0: Yeah, and, and that point you just made that they don't learn it in school, that's also another avenue that could mm-hmm. be taken, I suppose, is who, who creates curriculum for doctors? and yeah. How do we get that into That's Yes,
2: that's a whole other topic. <laughs> we'd eventually like to see that when you sit down in your doctor's <clears throat> office, they say, okay, fill out these forms, and let's get your Hayward score." Right? Because I want to correlate whether your home environment is impacting your health and right mm-hmm.
0: Wow yeah, I think that the the idea of building science and this is the building science podcast being a system of systems it 's the classic there's like classic building science, which is of course you know rain air, vapor, thermal, and the interaction of the enclosure and the environment and i 've been thinking of like there 's this tyranny of enclosureism in that world where they don't look at the mechanical systems enough, right? Building science community generally is entering its you know, new era of, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the mechanicals now. And I'm already thinking, okay, well, when we get beyond that, now we need to talk about doctors and appraisers and um, realtors, builders, subcontractors. Everyone needs to help rethink the way we deliver conditioned space. And Even
3: teachers with yeah, their students teachers. in the school. Yeah,
0: everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we right now, a lot of the, the programs, like the, the WELL standard that's out there, which I, which I think is great, I think it's unfortunate that it's, it's, there's this commercial bias. It's kind, there's that old expression, looking for your keys under the street lamp. Right. You know, they didn't right. drop them here, but the light's better here. Homes can't be left off the table.
2: Yeah, yeah. there's a school in, um, in Carmel. That's old school from the fifties. Old had, school. Old school. It's old school, yes, it is. But it's fairly open air, you know, one door, nice old building, wood framing. So we encouraged them to retrofit one of the two buildings using the Hayward Healthy Home principles: continuous fresh air, properly sealed, and insulated, non-toxic materials, cleanable surfaces, right? So we wanted to make the idea of healthy home accessible to all. There are complex standards like well and lead and living building challenge which even for me are, are, are a lot to read through, mm-hmm. right? So we wanted to make it accessible to all. So the Hayward Principles, continuous fresh air, properly sealed and insulated, which means no cold spots and no pests and rodents in simple terms, uh, non-toxic materials and cleanable surfaces. Okay. So this school came back in and they, they took the sheetrock off and they put a membrane in so that the framing cavity couldn't communicate with the interior. They used uh, HRVs to run fresh air in and they eliminated toxic materials. This was not in a hot, humid climate. This was in a marine, California, coastal climate. So cold. Right? Mm-hmm. And the following year, we had 900 sick days in the identical building here, the non-retrofitted building, and 600 sick days in the retrofitted building. Wow. Right. So it was a stunning change in sick days. It so was did exciting. people go between the buildings during the day? No, it's, and it was different um, classes, yeah, different different classes and different ages. And so it's not a clean study, but it approximates all the studies you'll read about in Europe that have done this, right? We know you'll see significant reductions. We know you'll see reductions in hospitals. I live in a house that's a passive house and the first Hayward Healthy Home, right? We implemented the principles, Carl and I, in this house. And I have five kids, so that's a lot. Wow. We rarely get sick. When we do, it almost never passes through the household two or three times and all the friends will be like, oh, it's gone through our house three times. Mm. Now again, that's not a study, but of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who live in passive houses, if you interview them, they'll tell you similar stories. Mm -hmm. And passive houses are really tight, so you don't have stuff going through the walls. There's not damp wet air in the walls causing a biology experiment. You have continuous fresh air. And usually some amount of care is taken to eliminate mm-hmm. toxic materials, and rarely is their carpet. Mm-hmm. So these are, in general, cleaner houses, and you'll hear anecdotally the same stories of, throughout the
3: world. So you just made a comment a minute ago with what Bill was saying and said, obviously, that's not in a humid climate.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. So why do architects and builders need to build differently in different climates? It's not just that a house will now... If they do it properly, the house can last a hundred years instead of ten years, right okay, which n- n- we don't have a mindset of ten years, of anything anymore it's the effect on people. That's if you right. build the house wrong you're going to get the dampness you're going to get the infiltration you're going to get the mold you're going to get the insects you're going to get all these major issues and subtle issues that can affect the, uh, the, the health and the well-being and the functionality of the occupants. So if the builders get it right, they would have a healthier home, not just structurally, but starting with people and
0: ending with people. Absolutely, I think that's so important. Uh, it's one thing that's a challenge for me as a some of the scientist in me, the physicist in me, is that there are these, there, just a proliferation, of. A chronic issue of proliferation of studies of you know showing health impacts, uh, negative health impacts like heart disease and autoimmune disorders and skin diseases and um, there's so many of them and I start to look in I'm like oh I don't know if they did the study right there's you know did they did they have a sample that was non biased in that and um, and yet over time I start to realize there's so much here, you know there's obviously something here, and the i I love your basic principles and so as a as a mechanical designer chiefly you know i I do um, start with a good enclosure, keep it dry, filter, ventilate, oh, and, and minimize indoor emissions right so um, it's this interesting thing where your principles and and the ones that we use, you can say, you know what? All these studies are saying that we should do all these different things, but really the, we know the basics of delivering a good healthy space. Let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. just... Yeah.
3: So uh, compared to like hygiene, we, we know to wash our hands after we use the restroom and before we eat and shake hands with people and that sort of thing, okay? Do you need a lab test every time you go to the bathroom <laughs> to, to know whether to wash your hands or not? No, that's or a, a test
0: to know whether they're clean.
3: That's yeah, exactly. And you don't have to prove it to within ninety-five percent confidence level or anything that it works or not. If people just do that, bit, those basic things in general, it reduces disease. Yeah, it, it improves health. Yeah, and for some reason, we're still back in the I don't know the fourth or fifth century when it comes to houses. Yeah. We haven't advanced to at any other level of our knowledge and experience when it comes to houses. So there's just some simple things like the four principles that Bill just mentioned. Uh, and if we just have that, if uh, cleanable surfaces, if we clean our house periodically, just dust basically, that's equivalent to washing your hands periodically. Okay. Um, using non-toxic, low-toxic materials is kind of like not dousing your body with perfume and cologne or your clothes with fragrances Mm -hmm. and all the chemicals there Um, or putting uh, plug-in deodorizers and scented candles and effusing with essential oils in the
0: house. You mean air fresheners. Air fresheners. Quotes around fresheners.
3: Yes, please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So there's simple things like that that we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Carl talks about hygiene, right? And the microbiome is something that we pay very close attention to and we've attended all the microbiome and the built environment conferences and oh, done fantastic. a lot of work. So if you think about the house, Hayward Score data tells us that 50% of Hayward Score users never open their windows. Ever. Right? So what we've learned and Jessica Green at the Oregon Center for the Built Environment did a lot of work on this is that actually the microbiome is essential to reintroduce. So Anecdotally. You mean the outdoor microbiome? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anecdotally, we had ways of living for the last 2,000 years that kept us alive. We were more likely to die. We didn't have antibiotics. Spring cleaning was an essential component of healthy living, right? Hmm. What was the real reason? Of course, you you opened the house up. You cleaned the rat out. That was probably a good idea. (laughs) But you took all the bedding out. You took everything out. You exposed it to the sunlight. You shook it. But what you were really doing is you were reintroducing the microbiome into the house. So the outdoor air was flowing in and balancing the house. Just like our gut, when the biome in the gut gets too narrow, non-beneficial things that live there already make us sick. When it's balanced, Mm, it's good. So there's nothing per se written on it, but our field experience and our advice now in marine climates is you should open all the doors and windows at least once a week when the outdoor air is good. Use something like Breezometer to to see if the outdoor air is, is good flush the house, open the upstairs window, let the air flow through, open every closet, open all the spaces, and let it rebalance the microbiome, which is in a way like washing hands. Mm-hmm. That keeps the house balanced.
0: Hygiene. Right? House hygiene. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned breezeometer. What is, what is breezeometer?
2: Breezometer is a great new app you can get on your phones free. And you open it, there's a little elephant's trunk points to the air quality, 60, 80, 20. It's uh, accurate within 250 square meters anywhere in the world really? and it shows you whether it's uh, high PM 2.5, 10, too much nitrous oxide, tells you when to exercise, when not to exercise, when you can. And so companies like uh, Nike now are advising you where and when to exercise. Companies like L'Oreal are suggesting that you've been exposed to these toxins during the day. These are the things you should put on your face. Eventually, we're going to be able to interact with those
0: guys. I'm looking at it right now, guys. Advice. That's awesome.
2: Wow. on how to operate your house
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you would you would it would be helpful to know and, and actually they're tying into more um iaq instruments indoor air quality instruments mm-hmm. that can cause your hva system to just go into research mode and providing you have good filters mm-hmm. we know the outdoor air comes in i know people don't believe that but outdoor air comes in and then it stays in and it concentrates so if you're running the the HVAC system and you have a good filter and they're not sucking air out of your crawl space,
0: Mm -hmm. you're cleaning the air. Mm -hmm.
2: So there are many low cost things people can do to improve their house uh, before they have to spend a lot of money.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. You mentioned Jessica Green. If people will Google TED Talks, Jessica Green, it'll pull up two or three of her TED Talk presentations, including some of the most amazing graphics you've ever seen, that will really visually bring home what we mean by the microbiome.
0: Yeah, that's a whole whole separate topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: but it's um, it's one. But it's, it's a fantastic topic. You at one point mentioned you mentioned um, as people age in their house, one phenomenon we're all aware of. My aunt smells like her house, right? That person smells that. like their house, right? <laughs> So here's the real question.
0: Where does the house smell like the person?
2: Yes, that's the question. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to steal you. That's the question. And now I have to tell you about being allergic to my (laughs) (laughs) mother-in-law. This is a true story. I was allergic (coughs) to my mother-in-law and not the way you think. So around the time our house got moldy and we moved out, her house did too. Oh, no. And she started to smell. And she smelled like her house, her clothes, everything. And so my wife says to me, you need to tell her. I'm like, why do I need to tell your mother? It's your mom. <laughs> so we tell her. She's like, I know. And she needed, she, was, she needed to fix her house. So she moves out. Well, we were headed on a family vacation. So she washed all her clothing and put it in a duffel bag. She washed it twice, actually. So it didn't have any of the smells. She took a shower, and she got straight in the car. We drove an hour, and we were in the hot Central Valley of California. And all of a sudden, she started to smell like her house. It was so bad. My eyes were watery. I was choking. I pulled over at the gas station. I said to my wife, I'm going to have to rent a car and go up separately. She's like, take a, take a Claritin or take something, right? So I did. That seemed to work out. All right, so we get all the way to, to Tahoe. It's freezing up there. We put her clothes outside in the freezing temperatures because we've been studying the thermal death charts of mold. And in theory, that would kill it. Mm. She takes a shower, puts somebody else's clothes on. But she smelled for like her house for three more days, right? So Wait, where was the mold then, the spores? Well, here's what we've learned. Yeah. The human microbiome and the house microbiome merge. Uh-huh. So if your house microbiome's not healthy, it's merging with you. It colonizes you. You live together in it. Now this is getting, this is well-documented science, but if you've never heard it, like if you're on this podcast hearing this for the first time, you're like, huh?
0: Microbiome.
3: Kind of,
2: kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. They merge, so it took X number of days. But what happens when people, and this happened a lot to me when I was in the sick house, people will leave the house and feel better, right? But sometimes they'll leave the house and feel substantially worse for two days. Like, I leave, and I'd go on a trip, I think I was coming down with the flu, I was going to be sick as a dog, and 48 hours later, it didn't manifest and I felt great. Hmm. Well, my microbiome was out of sync with the house. I was either in withdrawals, or some, we don't really understand the mechanism, but we know that. The the body and the house are missing each other, Mm -hmm. so when the house is sick, people want to stay home more and it just gets worse and they smell like their house or their house smells like them. So that's a phenomenon everybody can relate to and now we're starting to understand that. We need the house microbiome healthy and the human microbiome healthy.
3: And the microbiome, just to be clear, is not just mold. It's all the mold, all the bacteria, there's more bacteria than mold. All the virus and there 's even some others called archaea mm-hmm. this is another kingdom, all the microorganisms together as a dynamic system that 's always interacting dynamically adaptively it 's always changing. but then when you get a real stable situation like a tight house that 's now sick okay it 's stabilized you know always experienced to that, and your body is now trying to adapt to it rather than the body and the house and the microbiomes interacting with each other. Right.
2: Carl, well, maybe you have the statistic on the total weight of DNA in our body versus the total weight of microbiome. I can't remember the numbers. Right? I, I don't
3: remember the numbers either. But yeah, it's but like
2: X number of pounds of DNA in our body and almost the same amount of microbiome. And so microbiome can determine whether you have good breath, whether you're thinking clearly, whether you're frustrated. Right? It's part of our existence. So it, it is important for it to be healthy.
3: Yeah, yeah. So one statistic with that is that uh, an estimate of 10 times more bacteria microbiome in your body than you have cells.
0: So which immediately when I heard that raised the question of who's in charge? Yeah, yeah, the bacteria is in charge. They've colonized us. Yeah, somebody referred, like a biologist said, you know, symbiosis is a known phenomenon. You right. name the symbiosis on its dominant life form by quantity, not, not by mass. Right, And so like the accurate term for a human being is a bacterial symbiote.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we're much more like an ecosystem yes. than a static entity. Exactly.
2: <laughs> As is our house and we are one. Right. A one we,
0: ecosystem. Literally yeah.
2: when a human being or a family goes into a hotel room, the microbiome of the hotel room changes almost instantly. Yeah, yeah. But it still influences and we've all had those hotel room experiences. It awesome like, oh, get us. me out of this hotel room, like, yeah. I can't breathe in here.
3: But it helps to understand also the report of some people the ones that are particularly reactive, at low levels and the high impact. They say, I just opened the front door and I know whether the house is good for me or not. Because of that kind of interaction and they also had enough experience that they'll aware of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, they They can actually become kind of adapted to that. It's kind of like a dysfunctional relationship with the person. I've had a few clients over the years who finally decided, okay, I'm going to move, and they fall in love, not just find a new house, they fall in love with the house and say, Carl, come check it out, don't tell me I can't live here, and it's got the same conditions as the previous house.
2: And the same odor.
3: Same odor right. and the same... So something is going on there. There is dynamics between mm. us and our environment, and particularly our house. And not just biological, but psychological. And not psychological. just, bi- yeah. and not just psy- psychological. too. Yeah, there, there will be a psychology in there, but it's not driving it.
0: Yeah. It's a result of. Yeah, yeah. our limbic system knows right. the ecosystem that it likes. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Or it becomes
0: used to it. Yeah, it becomes familiar with it, like familiarity. So we've gotten really conceptual and out here in the science. Yeah, we sure have. But
3: it still comes (laughs) down to some simple things like I go into my house and I don't feel well and I leave and I feel better. Yeah. I go into the grocery store and I go down the cleaning products aisle and I cough and I sneeze, it triggers asthma. Or I can't even go down that cleaning product side. That's important information. Mm-hmm. I'm driving in my car, and I'm behind a, a diesel truck or a diesel bus, and we stop at a stoplight, and I have some sort of reaction, whether it's physical or it's just like, get me out of here. That's important information. It tells you these are the kinds of things, classes of
0: things, that your body is susceptible to. So well, What it, if you don't notice? What if it's... It's not brought to consciousness. I mean, maybe after listening to some conversation like this, it'll, you'd be more cognizant, but it's almost like you could, you could say the most unfortunate people would be the ones who don't get sick enough or don't correlate it to the environment, and they just, for 10, 20, 30 years, just not have a low quality of life because they just, they're stuck. Well, I, I hit that cascade point, that tipping point
3: in my life in my late 40s, hmm. and I didn't know and it was just all kinds of things I just didn't know. I didn't realize that not everybody has headaches every day, for mm. example. I, it was normal. okay. And in growing up I was told you can't be sick again, you were just sick last week. Well, I was. So I learned that when I feel sick, I'm not sick. This mm. is normal. So you raise, a very, yeah, you raise a very important point about what is normal and what, to, what you expect And part of what we hope with Hayward Score is that people come to expect a healthy house, a regenerative house, and not expect a house that makes them sick. Yeah, they expect to feel healthy. Exactly. And it can be done. Mm -hmm. It's not just an expectation anymore.
2: So actually, Carl and I have had a lot of discussion about what truly is a healthy house. Some environments amp you up, right? Some environments you feel like you can just go. Some you really feel down. We actually think that the right place is a neutral slate. A healthy house is one where it is neutral, and you can be the best of yourself.
3: Right. It doesn't impose its will on you, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Whether excitation or depression bringing you down, it's
0: where you can function best. I'm not sure. I I want it to be more positive. Maybe the amped up. I feel like I want a healthy home to uh, give me the right, you know, healthy, clean air, and be Mm -hmm. at the right thermal comfort conditions and The sound, odor, light, vibration, the microbiome, the water quality. I want all of it optimized for my body. Even when you sleep and rest? Oh, especially when I sleep. You want to be amped up when you sleep? No, no, sorry. I don't want to be amped up. Right, right. But I want want my house to be
3: restorative to my immune system. Yes, yes. Restorative. Exactly. Restorative. And that allows, you know, we hear about homeostasis, the balance, so to... There's uh, another term, aleostasis, which it allows for that dynamic change so that when you need amped up, you can, and your body can adapt and adjust to it. And then when you need rest and you need sleep, that's possible also. So you don't want a steady state. Mm -hmm. You know what the ultimate steady state is? Death. that's (laughs)
2: not good no
3: being alive is dynamic and it's changing and it's activity and it's rest
0: yeah yeah well this has been a fantastic conversation Uh, I would love to keep it going but I think we're getting toward the end of what people listen to Uh, would you guys like to make any final comments any thoughts Uh, one is just I appreciate your interest in your interviewing us to help get the word out no this is so important it's so important
2: yeah, my final thoughts are th- this, and you're welcome. <laughs> this issue of healthy homes hitting half of America. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. So we created this tool that's free, that's accessible to everybody. So to empower anybody in the country to actually make decisions, inform decisions mm-hmm. to change their health impact at home. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we're excited about it.
3: Yeah. What happened to Bill's family and to me wasn't necessary. It didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. And what continues to happen, similar kinds of things 30 years later, in my case, okay, is still not necessary. Mm -hmm. And it's simple. The majority of it is simple, but uh, we have to recognize it, become aware, like you were just saying, become aware of it, and at least consider it, have some curiosity about it, and then they need a resource to go to to help them understand it and to move forward. And And, that's your tool. Yes, Mm -hmm.
0: that's right. Yeah, and and that's a good place to stop you guys, so thank you very much for listening. We'll be uh, back at you next time.